1: And 365-day returns.
2: The late lunch
1: with Blackstone
2: Motors, Drahda, Dundoken Cabin. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance, and 48-hour test drive. Visit Blackstone
3: you're very welcome to Wednesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Straight to business today, I have a guest in studio with me. Yes, I do, folks. And when I tell you, he's been very good to us on Late Lunch. From the day back in May 2013, when he did a six-year-old quick pick... And won 3.6 million euro on the national lottery. Yes, I'm talking about Simon Fagan. He didn't go mad when he won the money. He still lives at home with his parents. We all know he loves his sport. And he's been very generous to us here on a number of occasions and to individuals and causes. But life hasn't been playing, sailing for Simon. Welcome back to the studio. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thanks for having me in. Not at all. You're welcome to the show. Just tell us this about yourself. Before, you obviously enjoyed the, the flutter yeah. on, on the GGs and on other sport as well. Before you won the lottery, you enjoyed a bet?
4: I enjoyed a bet. I always did. of a Saturday when I finished work, like I worked in a company beside me at home called Transport and worked for United Beverages for nearly 10 years as well, delivering around the country on a, a mineral lorry. So, look, I always say, if it's Saturday morning, then it was first about out, and I'd go to our yard and dark, and I'd have a bet, and went in for a beer afterwards, or something that didn't. If you hadn't, you'd come home empty with more times than, than not. But uh, I enjoyed doing it. I would not say enjoyed it. It was just part of it. We liked it outside doing yes. every weekend, and then back to work then one, and continued on, and yes. each week worked out like that. Like
3: a lot of people you know. do, and, and, and the way it goes on No. When you win three point six million, <laughs> it puts you in a different category, Simon put altogether. Put me, put me into a different category, surely. <laughs> and and when you, when you won, uh, may I ask you, did you did you secure some of that money, you know, to make sure that it'd be safe and sound? It was secured, and I continued on living
4: just naturally the same way. It probably wasn't the right thing to maybe looking back to do it. Should have maybe, I don't know. I'm not saying it wouldn't change anything. I've done, absolutely not. But. Uh, a lot of it was took away, I invested a lot of it away and those okay. things done and Yes, but you still, still had obsessed. a wad. I still had that? a substantial amount of money <laughs> yes, there at, uh, my, at my at my disposal. Yes. And you continued to gamble then? I continued to gamble on and I had money virtually every day to gamble then and so I ended up travelling to betting shops every day. It was into it became two o'clock, wherever time racing started I was there and more show every day, more showing and on and on and then it just it became was part of me, w- way of going on, and mm. people was just sort of sitting here, and it didn't bother me at that stage, much of what was going on. You're sitting with maybe three or four different people there every day, and then some would the same, and just went on like that. And mm.
3: So you'd spend, could you spend eight hours in the spend bookie seven,
4: shop? Eight hours a day, I was spending. In the in the La in the latter end it was yes.
3: So it, this thing took legs and it it, it, it really got in in you and mm. grew and you were gambling every day. Yeah. Were you gambling big big amounts of money?
4: Gambling, not nice money to be to be when it up back surely, Yes, I won't, it was it wasn't good money to be gambling like any money, as I learned. It's five pound bets. Some people say it a fifty pounds about or five hundred pound bet. Like you know, mm. but unfortunately, I bet I was doing. At the time uh we were going out of I was one bat was no good to me in a football match, It's horse back harsh and it didn't even bother me. I'd right a bet for a horse it wasn't I wasn't it was quickest I could get a, the next bat on it didn't matter how quick it was it was just to get it on and that was it and be standing there mm. the, so the winning didn't even become enjoyable then anymore, but uh, I could have maybe ten bats in a football match at any time one was no good made of ten different bats like and you're talking uh, about big blocks like, of money. There was a lot of money being gambled, yeah. I was doing... I was, I was Hundreds, shedding, thousands... Shedding, I was shedding through a lot of money at the time, yeah. There was a lot of money going.
3: And were you winning? Were you getting any back?
4: Of course, you're going to get something back, all right. But uh, it was going back on again then it's quick, like. So it wasn't... It was it, it was meaningless to me then. It was coming mm. meaningless to me. It was just... Looking in the, And then you'd say to yourself, look at... You're after maybe doing spending 10 hours in a bathing shop between maybe one or two places or maybe standing the whole day going away maybe for an hour or so. And then say to yourself, sort of, oh, "I'm not going back up there. That's it or not?" And then you go home. You're on bad form. I wasn't meeting people. Then I wasn't going out. Or I was missing football matches as well. I was going to leave the house for a football match, and people say, if, uh, "Well, I'm going to Joe's playing in in Toha or something." And I go to the oh, I have to do it. I have to do a football match there's a match on. And that might be six o'clock in the evening, the game's not till the quarter eight, half six. Mm. I might not get to the game then it's have what the hell I'm here now and after having a cup of so it just completely gathered in, it took me over, you know. An addiction. It, it took me over. It became an addiction now. Yeah. Well, possibly all my life, but probably I was there was something that was there anyway. Mm. So but when I aspire really out to to a bad addiction, I was it was a bad one, like if there's any for my for my purpose of it, you know.
3: Yes. And and this goes on and on. were there any times that someone stopped you or said anything to you or said, hold on, Simon? Well, there
4: was talk and then I knew there was talk going on and he was saying, oh, you don't have, have the money left long. He probably, at the beginning I never said anything anyway, at the very beginning it was because uh, they would have known I was, I was fond of doing, going to the wedding shops at that stage. But um, people were starting to talk. I was getting vibes back and I could hear people was talking about me and they didn't like that either and mm. it wasn't someone I was it wasn't someone I wanted to become. It wasn't someone that I was Mm-hmm. And I was going to football matches and I we we, we had him walking away and helping out and stuff. And I heard people saying, oh, there's such and such as, a he's we God didn't see him. I oh, don't, he's away. But if other people talk to the like, And so all day I was gathered and a lot of stuff was gathering like that. But uh, I was in a football match in London watching Loud. We went over, Loud was in the, must be back four or five years ago now. Yeah. And out of the blue, a friend of mine, and I'm not mentioning the name, you know who he is, who he's listening in, he just approached me and I was sitting having a pint at the with, with a couple of guys that was there, and he just said, "You're not watching yourself. You're not looking out." I'm, I'm hearing horrible bad reports about you, so I was took back a wee bit by this, and he says, "I hear you're gambling a lot, and you're you're not uh, looking out yourself." Oh God, I said, "Not a word about it." Whoever told you that's lying, you know. So you denied, but I, I denied it. Surely, I said there is something there, but I'm dealing with it. But I wasn't at that stage. I wasn't. So that them words, like uh, they were, they were really the. Did that waken you up? Oh, really? Give me the trigger. Yeah, give me the trigger. that Because I had been thinking about it for a long time before that, anyway. Mm. And I knew there was trouble because I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be standing in the batting shop. I didn't want to be there every night. I go home and be in bed for a couple of hours. I be thinking to myself, God, don't become. Why are you doing that? this shouldn't be doing. You, you should be living now at this stage. Yes, you know, shouldn't be doing this. And the next day, I go to the gym quick as I called In doing whatever I was doing, maybe play a game of golf. If a drop of rain came out, I was, gone. I was not going to play. I just had, I wanted to be back back there. And, and I say I'm not going, but when I got my car then, when I started driving, that was the big because I could go where I want then, I could go off, nobody knew where I was going. So you could shift different shops,
3: go. not be seen in the same yeah, place? One man
4: called me out of a shop one day and he had a chat with me he helped me out. He's the C from RD, he's a good friend of mine in fact. But he said to me, You're never going to win the law again. He says, Don't be doing what you're doing because they knew, like, in the shop what was going on. Hmm. and.
3: That was it. You went to. You had an issue, had you, with something in your jaw <laughs> or trouble with your with your.
4: I, I teeth. got. I got a bit. a bit of bad halt over it, and I was putting on wear And I, obviously, I wasn't eating. A friend of mine told me one time when he was talking, and we were, he was the same possession as we're and He said, "Be careful." when we were in England and started to go to the casinos at night after the mm. when you get snooker matches that was a new world to me as well you could go to the casino matches a place you could stay there 12 hours at night and 24 hours and you weren't put out mm. and I'd be missing a few nights and I wasn't in with the crack or something was going on with and he said well I was, I was just be careful going down there he said I was, I used to be bad at gambling he said I've stopped now Mm. It was a chap from down in County Clare, I think it was Yeah, it was from actually. And he says to me, uh, don't don't be there. I say, I, I used to be outside the batting shops at half time in the morning eating sausage rolls. <laughs> you know. So you were eating and badly? I was
3: eating badly. I wasn't and you weren't in great health. No.
4: And was, you went to your dentist? I had a bad pain in my side of my jaw, so I had, it was actually seven days in the lower so I had pneumonia picked up but mm. it was all brought on by you. I've no doubt, and they had no doubt probably was too when they spoke to me about it. But I got a pain in my jaw up just above of you know, your cheekbone. Uh, and it was very bad and it was just you could be sitting you could be on you get a job it's was like electric shock going in mm. so I said I'd better go and see you about that he said, I, I thinking I was going away somewhere anyway and I went to the dentist He said no uh, we don't see anything wrong maybe you're filling needed at the bottom but there's no immediate hurry with it and um, so I got a phone call I was only after getting with, with news from the Lewis that I was okay with the other problem I was going into the Lewis with, and they were to give me so I said you have to go to I think I went to Tala to the clinic it was the quickest way of getting the scan done I said mm-hmm. not again I have to wait for more results and stuff but anyway that's so she said to me um, we don't see anything wrong she says "Evidence clear so at that stage the, 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 the doctor requested me back in. told my doctor was in your own doctor Your own doctor yeah, called me in yes and she said look we got the results back everything's okay and she walked kind of behind me shoulder she was standing here one minute and she ended up kind of here within a and she says, is there anything else bothering you? Are the pressure with And I just, I just said, here goes, <laughs> this is my chance. So I, I told her I was in trouble, I was gambling a lot and I, I was out of control really. Like <laughs> and uh, she just stood back for a second and she made a phone call and probably within a couple of hours I had a phone call to, to a counsellor in the Ladywell in Dock, And from that... It just changed me it's it's my life's changed from that, from moment, that moment. From that on. moment on. So yeah.
3: everything spewed out yeah. to your yeah. own G P. It was just that moment As I said. How did you feel? Well, it was a great
4: relief. It was the easiest thing ever was, was admitting that I had a camera problem. That was the easiest. There was definitely no looking back it was easy about they did even an awful lot of other stuff after that. As I say, like regarding money, I realised what I'd done with some of them that well, I do that and Dealing with other things that was in your head, like why you get But you have to just, it's gone. I had an illness, and that's the way I, I report It's an illness I had. My illness is something different to what other people might have out there. so I was different. I had the money there. There's other people out there that don't have to get or whatever with beans to get I had it there at my service. It was there. And until now, was starting to windle, That's when I got under pressure. Where am I going to get it? Where am I going yes. to get And it wasn't to help help because I was to gamble the next day. Mm. <laughs> so that's when you became ill with that. Like, Did that you became, stop from that time? Did- I didn't stop from that day. I remember, well, the first day I went to see counsellor, and I was in the in the thing and she was speaking to me. It was in a bad she said it was bad enough like with me now it was a, uh, way off mark. And uh, she said to me, uh what do you think you're gonna was well, she come back to me next stand with her which I probably would have had maybe have to go away or something. I like said so that was a big thing to go home and say, you were know, hacking your bags and going away for ten weeks with that. But for like, treatment. But again for treatment like it's easy now to say people know now because I spoke to people I told them at the beginning yes. I had a problem because I wanted them to know So what she sort of suggested to yeah. you that you may have yeah.
3: to go that was a, for 10 weeks That was a fright for treatment and, and that really
4: That frightened me a wee bit because loud was going well the talk was going well <laughs> I was having a spot and I didn't want
3: to <laughs> To miss all that yeah, miss all Anyway that. you won't miss anything on Late Lunch Stay <laughs> with us we're taking a short break Simon Fagan is telling us his remarkable story lottery winner but he was whittling away the winnings on gambling. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Lottery winner Simon Fagan is with us. He's talking about his gambling addiction. If you're affected by anything we're talking about or want to say anything to us, don't forget 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets to us on Late Lunch. Now, you're on the way up. You're on the way back. You put an end to your gambling, Simon. Tell them the story, though. I'm just hopping on a bit here. You're a great snooker fan and you are over at the World Championships uh, recently it's as well. Ronnie. You love snooker yeah. and you're a great sportsman. Um, tell them the story about the guy you knew, the, the guy who organised the betting at the World Snooker. The guy who organised the
4: betting. Like, you hadn't seen me with, with the pandemic. We were away from two years. We couldn't travel over. But um, when I walked up the stairs, anyone who's at the Crucible, they're walking up and the, the betting stall is just there, which I would have been... Doing a lot of batting out when I would be there, frame batting, and you can do all that kind of stuff. And two between two tables, and the many there's going to be and all this. So, so there was all that going on. So he seen me coming, and he hadn't seen me. I had I didn't know he'd be there. So. Big cheer because Bobby threw his arm around me. Up oh, your back, say he says, I am. Get over here, whatever place you want. And I just says, No, I'm sorry. He says, I'm on the other side. I don't do that anymore. He just shook me hand. He says, Fair play to you, and that was it. Like we still spoke to you the week of the tournament. We walked by each other loads and stopped. but he he was just assuming that I was I was going to do it. Like you know,
3: well done to you. <laughs> well done to you too. You know the strength to do that. And that was my first time away. Like on my own. In the,
4: I could have easily yes. done it, and I could have easily went the way of hardest. I'm going to, but I just had no. That was my strength that I knew. There was no. That wasn't going to happen.
3: Is it true that at one stage, even though you're a lottery winner and you have your investments and you you had money, did the bank cut you off at one stage?
4: No, no. They would cut you off with your card. Right. If you're buying too much in the in the in the betting shops, if you, were, you you pass a certain limit of your day, so that's not do intuitive. Yes. You couldn't when you go, they'd say this card is refused and they would be blocked. What would you do then? I'd do the car then and i travelled in the dock then if it was an RD if it was done Leo no matter where it was when i go to the nearest bank then and it, if it was the time when you could draw money out then I could you get find, cash you get cash then.
3: Did you tell me as well when we were talking earlier Yeah, uh, you had to go to your dad at one stage Yeah I to- that, was one,
4: that was the last bet I'd done was i came come out the house without the wallet and it was a Sunday and uh, I remember exactly we were in the Crown Plaza in the dock he does antiques and he's, he's good into that but I, um, I borrowed money off him to do a bet and this was after, I was after, when, on the Friday we, we cancelled it the first time. And like that was a big, big ask for me to go to the, go to, to go to the legs of them places. It was a big ask for me. But I knew I had to do it and it was the only hope I had. And I just said, give me a few pounds. So I got my money off and, and I went down to London about Dublin was playing. And I lost about that evening. I was outside of the house and I just said, so I was walking around and I said, that's it now. You have your chance. And that's the last bet I ever done. That's over three years now coming into, into play. So, so over
3: three years yeah, ago. It was, Is it
4: a challenge every day? Some days it is, and some days it's not. I have a, I, I got into a sort of ways. I have a book at home, and I have things written down in it. What I have, and definitely today, if I hadn't stopped, I wouldn't have them. So that's written down. I wouldn't have that. That, that was one of the things. I so like out. a gratitude. Just a wee, so we work certain some small things I have that I can do. And, and you write it, in, do you? I write it in. I had to write in at the start what I have. What do I get out of gambling? And it's very small what I got out of it. But what I have, and if I had to continue what I was doing. I'd have none of them I'd have none of the joys and that's it I, would, that's, I would, wouldn't That's would. have it
3: Was the joy gone out of your life really? I don't know it took everything
4: away it took, took everything from me it, pff, definitely there's no doubt I was I wasn't existing really I, I went to the Snougat Tournament this year in Sheffield I went in Belfast before I go to matches in Origo. it wasn't even people might ask me how did that game and go I mightn't even remember any about it and I them in there my mind was just so I was just going. All I wanted to do, all it was, all it was in my mind was to get gambling every day. Like, and I was out. it. It did take it, and you're spending eight hours a day in the in a betting shop. <laughs> it doesn't be long. Your your week. It doesn't doesn't have much hours left out in a day after that. So that's just basically where it it's just to help. If anybody out, it's not for me. I'm not. Everyone is totally different. It, what happened to me? I had money at my disposal. It was there. People don't have that. And it, my story is totally different. To whatever but I still was a gambling problem I had and as I say I'm short of it but tomorrow I know today I know I don't gamble and we wait till tomorrow and that's just the, the bottom yeah. night. I know I won't do it but
3: wait till tomorrow comes I understand one yeah. day at a time yeah. you see that thing I have there that's yeah. called a mobile phone and you can gamble 24 hours a day on the, the sites there no problem w- whatever you want you didn't go this road that's you didn't go
4: th- I was lucky that I, didn't have the, I didn't have the knowledge of it I had a, an online account, alright, it was only you ringing you your bet, like in that type of thing. But I was lucky I didn't know how to like, casinos and that. I'd been fond of them and slots and stuff like that, as, uh, along with that. And they're on your phone, like, they pop up on my phone now and again, too. Like, someone will send me a message and say, You have £20 free bets hmm. and stuff like that. I just blocked them off, you know, but they, they, they do pop up from time to time. Yes. But, uh,
3: look at, we're getting messages in. I ain't yeah. one bit surprised. And you're just to say before I read some of these messages, you're doing this. You have a real purpose in doing this. This is helping you. Is it talking tell, about it I, to I, me?
4: We're talking to people. like If I get out and about people say to me, did you back such and such had a winner last night? And I'd say oh no I'm sorry I don't I don't back anyone So what what do you do, do you, don't be, say don't. So I give it up over three years ago I had to stop and sometimes you start talking to say a few things and you walk away and you get a bit of glee over it and you get a like it gives, it's part of I actually asked about coming up before with this and I said go ahead it's part of yes. helping and it. Does I get a kick out of it too like I'm just talking about now because it doesn't bother me now and everyone knows that I wanted to know they knew long before this and yes everyone knew, and they're just they're glad I stopped. Like I'm glad I stopped. A couple of messages
3: that I, I have more, but I get it. well done, Simon. Go, Joe's, go says <laughs> Pamela. There, here's another one. Thank you so much for highlighting gambling. I am a compulsive gambler. Many a day, uh, I gamble, and I have that sinking feeling that Simon is talking about. Uh, my only problem is it ended in prison. For me, the problem is gambling is available twenty four hours a day. Jerry says a listener, that's a sad message there. But uh, we are highlighting this, and Simon is highlighting this for a reason as well. Look, y- you're secure financially. Oh yeah, yeah so You're I'm much happy. happier yeah, in yourself.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And you're loving life and yeah, sport. Yeah, like I go out, I play golf most. People have two days a week. Yeah, and uh, before like you would be rushing off, you wouldn't want to be hanging, it. like now I can just take things, like wouldn't enjoy playing it, and you go to a sports match, or you sit and you enjoy the crack. Yes. Like I was away in, in the hotel in Sheffield this year, where I stay, and a lot of people you get to know over the, the time, they wouldn't see me from yeah. the week it started, i would be there for 10 days, they wouldn't mm. see me till it was nearly over, and I was sitting having a chat with them, we were just talking normally, half four in the evening, when the snow goes over whereas I'd be gone yes.
3: with so all that hopefully Simon will get back to the dancing on a Sunday night now too says another <laughs> listener you <laughs> probably know, know who guys. that is listen I do appreciate yeah. you coming in and telling your story honestly to me today thank you for all the people you've helped as well On you've been great to so many people and that is really appreciated health and happiness for the future Simon Fagan God bless you First day of the month and as is my want at the start of each month I read my little saying from the lovely divine word calendar and for the month of June here's your thought for June from us on late lunch Hope is not the conviction that someone will turn out well but the certainty that something makes sense regardless of how it turns out I love the saying well one thing's for sure any garden That Andrew Dunn puts his hand to I can tell you uh, turns out magnificently because you see he's been a big winner at Bloom in the past and no need to remind you lots of tickets I know listening to us today Bloom is back open to the public from tomorrow right over the bank holiday weekend and the award-winning designer is standing by in the Phoenix Park to talk to me Andrew good afternoon Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Well, look, it opens to the public tomorrow, but by God, there's been some work going on there for weeks now at this stage. You've teamed up with Karen Nurseries for this beautiful garden. I absolutely love it.
5: Oh, look, we gave you a cheeky sneak peek. You did. Nobody else, nobody else has had a chance <laughs> to look at it yet. Uh, I've, only, I've only shown little teaser snippets, so I'm really excited to show everybody over the, the coming weekend... Uh, what we've been up to for the last month
3: Now it's really may I say it's a mix in my book it's really contemporary may I say but my God almighty you've married it with uh, beautiful stonework with the water feature uh, the greenery round it I'd love this to be honest with you Andrew
5: Oh I'm glad you love it look um I'm known for designing contemporary gardens, but I think overall uh, the general public has a misconception about what contemporary means. Mm. It's often confused with something that's cold and maybe more modernist and very stark, but really all contemporary means means of now. Mm. So if you design a garden in 2022, it should look like it was designed in 2022, not 1982. So um, what we've done here uh, is create a space that is, yes, very beautiful lots of things going on in it but it's absolutely surrounded and encapsulated by all the planting yes
3: yes and that's what struck me the greenery uh, running through it in the background the backdrops the foreground within it or everything do you know something i could just sit in there and while the world away
5: <laughs> well look that's the plan you know and the garden has all been designed around the idea of what we were forced... It's called Hit Pause, um, the Car Nursery's Garden, and it's all about how we were forced to kind of hit pause on our lives over the last two years. And obviously, there's a lot of negative connotations with something like that and COVID, and it caused an awful lot of stress for people. But I'm all about the positive. And there was lots of positive things that came out of it. And when people were forced to hit pause in their lives and maybe spend more time in their garden, probably for the first time in 10 ever, um, they realise, well, actually, you know what, this is a really nice space and it's a nice thing to do, so maybe we should put a bit of effort into it.
3: Ah, and you're so right. It's, it's awoken in so many. What was on our doorstep, outside our back door, Andrew?
5: Yeah, look, it's always there. Um, it seems to be this new awakening. Everybody appreciates their garden and their outdoor spaces. To look at what we're doing. The Irish are going swimming in the sea. Whoever thought that would happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the funny thing is, as a professional... You know, I've been banging on about this for 23 years. If you are lucky enough to have a garden, and so many people don't, um, you know, you make the most of it. You're incredibly blessed and and enjoy that space and use it as the best you can. And if you don't have a garden, get out to your local parks. And even to the people who manage parks, get them to wake up a little bit and go, you know what, we can do this better. We can put a bit more effort into it. It's absolutely vital to our, our health and well-being.
3: You know I'm a, an avid angler and I love being on the water and I love water and the sound of water and you have a beautiful feature in this where you will hear and the, the sound of water in a garden you know for any size of garden people are probably thinking oh it's for a big space you have to have that not so Andrew
5: No not at all I mean what the first thing I, I'd highlight to anybody and I've said it several times a day it's, it's press day here and everybody's coming in and we're constantly explaining the garden but um What I would like to highlight to people is look, this space that we have, it looks enormous, but it's 10 metres by 20 metres, Mm. which is very close and in many cases smaller than your average suburban garden. But it looks enormous and it looks enormous because of how we've uh, played with the angles in the garden, the perspective, twisted things around drawing your eyes from different spaces and so we have quite a large uh, reflective pool in there with just the smallest of water feature done at the end because the big mistake people make when it comes to water is they say I love the sound of water and they have something you know, absolutely blasting with fountains all over the place and it sounds like a horse relieving itself and, <laughs> it's not what you want, it's not relaxing, what's relaxing is just the most delicate sound trickling away in the background and just setting you all at ease and making it chill out and relax.
3: Well, you know something. You are the master of illusion because this is so true, folks. You've got to go and see this garden when you're visiting Bloom this weekend. Hit pause, it's called, because you're right. You've only brought it home to me. I would have looked at that and said, what a space that is.
5: What did you say it was again Ten by... 10 metres by 20 metres. Wow. Really, really quite small. 200 square metres. Yes. Um, Now, I'm not suggesting that we put this in every suburban garden, Mm. but it does give you an idea of what you can do. And within that space, we have, I don't know, we have maybe uh, five or six big stone walls. We have four enormous trees, uh, which had to be craned in. And we have probably in the region of maybe 4,000 plants, plus some boardwalks and a patio and some nice furniture and some sculptures, all in one space, but it does go to show, look, this is what you can do if you put your mind down to it.
3: Also, you know, we are regarded as the green island off Europe, but you've worked brilliantly with the 40 shades of green, may I say?
5: Uh, Look, I've only said this several times today. You know, everybody, when you talk about a garden, there's two things they ask. They say, well, one, we want low maintenance, and two, we want colour. So my answer to that is, well, hang on. If you want like no maintenance, you know, get a tarmac driveway. You know, you, with any garden, you get what you put into it. You get out of it what you put into it. Uh, you can make them easier to look after, but you should put some effort into it. And then, secondly, when it comes to um, what a garden actually looks like and how you can make it, you know, extra beautiful, is you know put all the effort in, and and, and you, you'll reap the rewards.
3: The stonework too is uh, really attractive to the eye. I have to say, what what are you using there, and who put that together?
5: Well, the stonework um, has was supplied. The stone was supplied to us from We Sell Stone in Tipperary because it's come all the way from Lake Garda uh, in Italy um, up to Tipperary, then down to Monaghan, where super skilled craftsmen um, from Silverstream Landscapes put it all together to make it work in the garden. And a lot of people are also looking at the um, stone that we have wrapped around the stone walls, a beautiful kind of off-white stone. Mm. And actually, it's concrete. Uh, and it's concrete with a very special mix of Wicklow, granite, and w- white sand. And it's all been lightly polished uh, and moulded, all done really by Silverstream Landscapes, who've done the most phenomenal job, Face uh, uh, in Monahan.
3: Well, you know... The last time I was out of the country pre pandemic was Lake Garda and I was wondering looking at that. Something in my mind, Andrew, said to me, Does there's something about that and there you have you've just hit hit the nail on the head. You really have it's it's simply beautiful, I have to say. And have you have you had the, the opportunity to look at others there and what's going on in the other show gardens?
5: I haven't had opportunity to eat yet, and so look, it's crazy busy. But yes, I have had a look around. Um, We've all been so busy in the last few weeks. You know, I'd probably get a chance in the next hour or two to have a walk around the other people's gardens, fully finished. But look, it's an eclectic mix. There's something for everybody. You've got tiny little gardens, uh, post post uh, post stamp size gardens, Mm. and medium ones. We've got. You know, we've got the Minions represented over here for the next movie from Warner Brothers. We've got all sorts of interesting things to look at. So, plus we've got all the food and entertainment as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I would recommend you don't have to be interested in gardens at all. If you want a good day at this weekend, uh, come up to Bloom.
3: Absolutely. Uh, the judges have been. When will the verdicts be issued?
5: Oh, I wish they'd been. There's, as I left the garden just to talk to you, um, 10 judges. Well. Right. I've just entered the garden. All the clipboards, i booted out, so that's fine. And they'll they'll take the whole thing apart. And I've we had pre judging yesterday, so it's it's quite a a long um, a long kind of process. Mm. But around I think eight o'clock tomorrow, we'll find out how we did with the medal.
3: Great stuff. Well, I hope the vibe of uh, the positivity that's echoing around these studios back to you in Bloom today permeates those clipboards and the minds of the judges and that hit pause will be uh, among the big winners there. It's simply beautiful. I congratulate you again. It really is. And the other thing to say is the weather forecast, folks, for the weekend is lovely. So it's going to even add to Bloom. First time people back. Isn't it great, Andrew?
5: That's oh, fantastic, the weather here has been spectacular, uh, I'd make sure, bring a hat, that's a tip for any of us follicly challenged people here, but um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's fantastic, it's a great day out, so make sure everybody comes along.
3: Best wishes from us all here, fingers crossed for you, and thanks indeed for taking time out of your very busy schedule to speak to us on Late Lunch today, your top man.
5: Thanks, Jerry. I hope to see you up here soon.
3: Thanks a million. Take care now. Bye-bye. That, bye-bye. That's Andrew Christopher Dunn there from Clowerhead, one of our most renowned garden designers in the country with his beautiful garden. Go check him out. Isn't it a great name? Hit pause. I really hope it's a big hit with the judges. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. It's the the Fujis... No woman, no cry on your late lunch this midweek Wednesday afternoon. I think I'll cry having listened to that version of the song. Bob Marley, all the way, the Fugees. Not my cup of tea, to be honest with you. I wonder if that make number one or number two. We'll have to check for uh, some Tuesday for you two on Tuesday. Breaking news, Louise, from the farm, is it? Breaking news from uh, our farm correspondence? yes? Tinder for cows. It's a thing. Tinder? For cow- well, I'll that's tell what you one thing. It. I'll tell you one thing. There's no shortage of cows on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <short>. Lord <laughs> t- ball. Not, not that I've ever been on Tinder, but I'm sure that is the case. Maybe somebody will uh, verify that <laughs> Tinder for cows when they go out of that. Mm-hmm. the yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
6: it's a matchmaking service uh, to give farmers the opportunity to swipe left and right to find the perfect mate for their cows oh. and produce offspring which deliver more milk or beef and fewer emissions per litre of milk in the case of dairy cows. There you go.
3: I think... It- are talking about a database there or something
6: that's an arranged that. marriage really isn't it Your <laughs> cows don't get to pick
3: oh that's a moot point it really is you're making there to be honest with you uh, sorry that's a desperate one is it really is desperate shocking I take that back
6: that's a friend's one isn't it
3: <laughs> come on forget about the cows what about the biscuits
6: you like you like this because you like your Jaffa cakes don't you I, don't I like have
3: cakes. to say I would rate uh, Jaffa cake as probably one of my top Three biscuits, but you yes. can't dunk them. Uh, no, no. Mm. Well, you can, but you'll get a little bit of dark chocolate mixed in mm. with your tea or your coffee. Well, I wouldn't can, I wouldn't. No, you you buy like them. They just have I've the the, the, lo- the lovely soft sponge at the bottom. The the, the kick of the orange hit and <laughs> the dark chocolate. you
6: your face.
3: your
6: Ah. Oh. <laughs> it's like you're in heaven. Yes, I am.
3: I am I love jaffa cakes. And you
6: do not even have one. <laughs> anyway, you love this then. A former great British Bake Off winner, Frances Quinn. She's mm. baked the world's largest jaffa cake weighing 80 Kilograms. Go away out of that. It's equivalent to more than 6,557 <laughs> regular sized Jaffa cakes. Oh, I'd just love
3: go. to jump into it <laughs> and then start <laughs> well, eating meat. With your
6: sponge meat. you'd probably bounce back <laughs> yeah, off it.
3: Yeah, jump into it and eat <laughs> your way out from the middle oh. <laughs> to the edges. I'd love to do that. That is some bicky.
6: Hundred and sixty eggs, eight yeah. kilograms of dark chocolate, and fifteen kilograms of orange jelly.
3: Yes, that's what I. It's that. Oh yes, it's the combination of the sponge, it's like the a jelly massive of the trampoline,
6: chocolate, <laughs> chocolate trampoline.
3: <laughs> I like that. I really like Jaffas. I really do. I love them. No, I absolutely. They'd be your favourite
6: biscuits. Yeah.
3: In fact, I'll tell you how much I love them. I was i I may have told this before it's many moons ago but I'll tell it again uh I was on the executive of uh, a union a union executive when I worked in the civil service it was the civil and public services union and there used to be a monthly meeting and uh, the the delegates would come you know round the table mm-hmm. I was representing an area and there'd be a lot of people there and there'd be a break in proceedings Billy Lynch was the was the famous uh, uh, general secretary what a character he was but anyway it was a bit of a. They could go on and on these meetings, but those tea and there was jaffas and everything. But anyway, they knew this is the truth. I always loved jaffas, and there was one jaffa mm-hmm. left on the plate in front of me, right? Yeah. One, and you know the etiquette
6: you, says you leave it. You leave it, mm-hmm. but
3: me and my mm-hmm. penchant for <laughs> jaffas, I grabbed the jaffa oh, yeah. and took it up and took a bite. Mm-hmm. It was a rubber jaffa cake. <laughs> What do you mean a rubber Jaffa cake? They set a trap for me. They put a rubber Jaffa cake in among the others and they knew to eat <laughs> all the one and they left the. It was a. Now you'd, think you it, right. you'd think. It and when I bit into it, the whole place went into convulsions laughing. <laughs> they got me with a rubber Jaffa cake. And you know, you might have said at that stage, it would bring back, you know, <laughs> weird memories mm. to me. I, I still love them. I, I thought it was brilliant. Well done, Jerry's to them. Jaffa. <laughs> yeah. Rubber Jaffa cake. Nearly broke my teeth. Anyway, there was a good job. There was a bit of a, a spring sprung in. In that as well. But when you think of the things people do, you know what I mean? To Thanks. make. To oh, make. make those. Yeah, yeah, to, make, to, to That lady, to make that huge. Mm. And it's a single. It's one monster Jaffa Cake. It's incredible the things that people get up to, isn't it?
6: And she actually bet her own record. She had previously made the biggest one in the
3: world. <laughs> Jaffa Cakes. Who is this, I wonder? Jammy, oh. jammy Dodgers.
6: It was for Britain's Got Talent. It was to celebrate the 15th. Birthday of Britain's what Got Talent. It? She made it?
3: Mm. Well, I was watching it again last night. Well, I watched the second... Hour because the first hour Spring Watch is on I love it on the BBC I just glued to Spring Watch it's on for the next three weeks and you know how we love our wildlife on late lunch and then I switch over for the second part of Britain's Got Talent and um, actually what you call it an impersonator won it last night and got through to the final with these two other guys as well but it's terrific very popular show I said it again Mm -hmm. it has a huge following Britain's Got Talent so she made the the jaffa made the jaffa for that very good well done to her according to breakingnews.ie okay so I'm thinking just back to the Bickies. Jaffa Cakes, Mm. Jammy Dodgers. Now you can dunk a Jammy Mm. Dodger, Louise. (gasps) Chocolate Hobnobs. Is that your number one? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Dunk me, as Peter Kay would say. Dunk me. (laughs) Do you dunk the chocolate Hobnobs? Yes. There you are. You put chocolate into your tea.
6: Yeah, why not? And Why can't I? Don't No, j- but it's different. You have that jelly and sponge going on and oh no, but that, 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 that really not
3: The dark chocolate yeah. will melt off it so well, but but that's not a way to eat a jammy or uh, uh, what you call it um jaffa cake. A Java cake. A bite. And then a nice slug of tea and let it just all melt away in your mouth. Beautiful. The nicest way of all. Am I wrong or am I right about Jaffa cakes? Anyone else out there loves you the Jaffa? I have
6: a Jaffas? way of eating a Jaffa cake.
3: I do. I do. <laughs> and making noise and driving everybody mad as I, I slurp me tea and, and, and nail the Jaffa cake. Anyone else a Jaffa cake fan out there? Is there? Is there something else? Or are you with Louise? Chocolate hobnob person? Yes, if you have anything to say about the bicky, the biggest bicky that's after been made. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us to the show. Coming up after our next break on Late Lunch. Ireland, beautiful place for a holiday. Lots of people jetting away from the airport and we know what's going on there. But if you want to avoid a bit of that hassle, so you can travel around Ireland. But... It's costly, definitely. The cost of holding in Ireland, it is not cheap. But Dave Hewitt from Irish Mini Breaks knows where the bargains are to be had and he's joining me next. Louise has put a Jaffa Cake question to me. Tell them what it is.
6: Well, I just wondered with your love of Jaffa Cakes and, you know, let's be honest, you kind of have a big mouth. (laughs) How many Jaffa Cakes could you put in your mouth at the one time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I reckon six.
3: Oh God, that'd be a push.
6: Do you think so? Oh no, I, I think talk
3: six. a lot, but my gob is small. But <laughs> I, I'll tell you
6: what—easily six, because you can get them in the both cheeks. Okay,
3: we're <laughs> going to get a packet. I'm going to try this over the next couple of days. Is that all right? <laughs> Am I mad in the head or what? Anyway, we will try. It. But here's an interesting Choked one by a Jaffa cake <laughs> <laughs> live on late lunch. He was a grand fella But the Jaffas has <laughs> got him in the end Jimmy's been on to say Jaffa cakes are officially Not a biscuit But legally a cake It happened back in the 70s It's a great story Says Jimmy We must follow up on that one And uh, Ursula's been on to say I just love them I'd eat a packet Gluten free ones And they're just as nice as the others, Jerry says, Arslet. There you go. So there are fans of the Jaffa's out there for sure. Anyway, there's. I'll um, <laughs> <lots> be <you>
6: quiet <laughs> for five minutes tomorrow, anyway.
3: <laughs> tomorrow or Friday, one or the other. <laughs> we'll fit them in somewhere, I promise you. Anyway, uh, we have a man waiting to chat to us on the line who certainly knows what's what when it comes to uh, breaks here in Ireland. If you don't want to get involved in the chaos at the airports, Dave Hewitt from Irish Mini Breaks. Welcome back to the show, Dave. Kerry long no here, how are you? I'm really good, thanks for joining us again. I have a leading question if you don't mind me asking you to start no, 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 no. off. With uh, a lot of hotel accommodation, well quite a bit being uh, put aside for refugees and it's fantastic what's happening to accommodate poor people fleeing war from Ukraine. How is that impacting? Do You, you have your finger on the pulse I take it.
7: Uh, absolutely, yeah. It, it, look, it, for the likes of ourselves and for the the general public, it's a massive, massive impact. The last figures we had two weeks ago there were seventeen thousand two hundred hotel beds being taken up for refugees. Uh, you know, climbing every day. So pro- possibly now there could be I don't know twenty, twenty five thousand mm-hmm. hotel beds being taken up. Um how is it impacting the market? Uh, yeah, it's massively impacting the market because like twenty five thousand hotel beds is a huge, huge uh, gap out the market. And uh obviously with the hotels that are not taking in refugees, uh the demand for for their hotel beds is uh, you know, three, four, five times higher than normal. And what happens when there's demand, Jerry, unfortunately, uh, the prices go up. Yeah. Uh, so what I've been doing uh, here uh, within the office with, with the, the few lads is in between all their calls that we take on a regular basis, we've been uh, calling hotels uh, to try and rustle up some business for ourselves. Because if it's if, an air business, absolutely, absolutely it is. Because as I said, air rates, uh, we get fixed rates from the hotels. They're the best rates out there. Uh, but my job has been a lot tougher over the last few months uh to try and get some hotel beds and hotel rooms. Uh, but as I said that's 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 the we we get rid of the negative news first of all. Yeah. We give you some positive news oh, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and your listeners because are there bargains to be out there? Um yes there there are indeed with ourselves big time. Uh now what who who is suffering is the families most uh, mm. because uh, the, the, obviously with the Ukrainian refugees, uh, for some hotels by the way are closed completely for refugees. Yes. Uh, others uh, are given a certain number, number of rooms, okay. possibly thirty rooms out of their uh, I don't know some hotels, yes. have seventy rooms. Others have a hundred, but unfortunately all those thirty rooms are the family rooms. Uh, so quite possibly there's a hotel on sale to the public. Uh, with no family rooms available.
3: Mm, and that is uh, that is a difficult... The other thing, just before we leave it, where you have a combination of people who are being accommodated because of the war and uh, visitors to the hotel, uh, does that impact on the services within the hotel?
7: Apparently not. Okay. Again, I'm in touch with a lot of the hotels, as you could imagine, uh, on a daily basis. And uh, obviously, with client feedback as well, there's a number of hotels uh, and you know out there that are taking refugees in but it, it's all it's all like that you know okay. uh, but at the end of the day they're they're just like people like ourselves so you know and um, they're uh, I like to think they're mingling with everybody else but uh, if people think it's going to impact the holidays uh, it's not no
3: great good to hear that okay have you a few uh, pointers for us today for listeners Okay, well,
7: Jerry, this is an absolutely fantastic one. Uh, It's a beautiful luxury four star hotel. Uh, You might know it, a lovely area in Cork, the Kinsale Hotel Mm. and Spa in Cork. Uh, We we got a really, really good rate. We have a good number of rooms. Now, unfortunately, no family rooms, but there are double rooms uh, right through June, July, August, and September. Uh, mainly midweek at the hotel, that chock a block on the weekend. Anyhow, you know. Uh, but starting off in June, including breakfast, uh, we we got this uh, hotel for 135 euro uh, per room uh, per night, which is a cracking rate. Uh, because just to let you know, uh, the rate uh, uh, on the likes of Booking.com is uh, 199 euro. Mm.
5: So like a
7: 55 euro per night saving is absolutely massive. Uh, and it's not as if we've only a couple of rooms. There's a good good deal of rooms there in July and August, and a beautiful beautiful hotel, five minutes drive uh, from Kinsale itself, uh, out in the countryside with a beautiful harbour view, pool, uh, the whole lot, absolutely magnificent. Uh, literally got this just in. Uh, we're going to promote this, and uh, at those prices, in comparison to what some mm-hmm. hotels are charging directly. It's an absolute bargain, so we're going to advertise that from... And, and uh, from Dave,
3: what would it, what, uh, typically that room, two people? Uh, oh
7: yeah, two people in that people, room, yes. uh, uh, yeah, yes. 135. Oh listen, that, that's uh, a great, in, in, in great nightly
3: rate, yeah, it is, it yeah. is
7: really good. So it is indeed. A few others, families, uh, talk about families, uh, you know, I'd like to give you more for families, but a few for your listeners that might be very interesting. Uh, 3rd of July, say, high season, uh, two nights, there are other dates available, uh, the lovely Maldon and Leash, I've stated it myself, uh, lovely leisure centre, E3, et cetera. And uh, uh, two adults and two kids, uh, two one eight for two nights in total. Uh. Uh, really good offer, you know, yeah. uh, where hotel, are, uh, you, you know, some hotels directly are charging me that per night, if not more, you know. Uh, another one, same date, 3rd of July, for three nights for a family uh, beautiful four-star hotel, uh, the Brandon Brandon House Hotel in New Ross County, Wexford. Uh, 473 uh, for three nights, including breakfast for two adults and two kids. Uh, For the Mammy in particular, there's a wonderful spa there. And if I remember rightly, it's one of the very few hotels that has an outdoor pool Mm. uh, at the spa, which is quite nice, you know. Uh, Others that spring to mind, uh, Tracy Waterford, the Old Reliable, uh, 4th of July, Double and twin rooms there for uh, €300 uh, Euro for three nights. Uh, another one in Waterford, the Waterford Marina. Uh, we have that Sunday to Thursday, I think from the 10th of July, there's, there's availability onwards. 99 ninety nine ninety nine per room per night, the old gun store's price. <laughs> and uh, uh, the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow, uh, again, right in the town, uh, Pool also, 79 uh, seventy nine ninety eight per night. Mm. Uh, in high season which mm. is unreal you know
3: yeah so uh, there are you know you guys this is your job you're picking through you're looking you're negotiating There,
7: are, there is value uh, there is value absolutely uh, what I always say I think I said before to your listeners Jerry. Uh, we don't have everything on our side. Our rates are too cheap some hotels will say no I won't sell at that rate you know mm. uh, which is fair enough so as I said, what I would do is I, I, I always suggest to people when they go before you book, you look on their site, um, uh, always do an all county search. Don't don't do a, a a search for, you know, people you know, always search for Kerry, I wanna go to Killarney. You know, Killarney is kind of over overpriced type of thing, you know. But if you do an all county search, put your dates in and see what comes up, flick through what comes up and you might say, Oh, that's a nice hotel, yeah, I stayed there before or my auntie stayed there or whatever you have us. Uh, let, let's book that if there's nothing there then go directly to the hotels and see what they have you will see a massive difference in the price though that's the only thing you know
3: terrific Dave leave it there today irishminibreaks.ie lovely to talk to you we'll tick tack over the summer
7: Okay, Jerry. God bless. Talk Take to you. Take care yourself. Take bye bye. Bye bye.
3: Bye bye. So there you have it. There are options there. There are offers. Family situation tight, but definitely deals to be had right round the country in some beautiful hotels there. Late lunch. LMFM radio. Up next on the show, uh, it's a foot at long last. Yes, a cancer support centre for RD love a jaffa cake says a listener no better biscuit you'd probably fit five in the mouth jerry well we'll know over the next couple of days won't we delighted to say hello this afternoon on the show to rose mccusker hello rose Hello, Jerry. Rose, thank you for joining me on the show. And Rose is a member of the Arden District Cancer Support Group. Well, Rose, just tell our listeners, give us a feel. What do you do at the moment? I know you have a big project, but what's your role? What do you, what do, you do for people?
8: Well, at the moment, we um, are, are we're basically um, a fundraising organisation uh, with an aim to providing a, a cancer support centre in R.D. But right now um, just uh, the, the service we're providing mostly is a telephone service okay. uh, which offers a helpline to people yes. who have been impacted by cancer, whether it's their, the, the patient or the family member or caregiver. In relation to, I like uh, social welfare, mm. uh, HSE schemes, uh, maybe issues around housing, issues around taxation. So we're running that um, uh, helpline at the moment and it's quite busy.
3: And I can imagine so because when somebody gets a diagnosis, everything changes in life and there's an awful lot to be done. Now, your aim is to secure premises in RD. Tell us about the plans you have and where you are with that.
8: Right. Okay. Well, first of all, Jerry, if I could just say, um, I, I suppose we first came about in 2019 when a group of local uh, people from the town uh, uh, who had recently been diagnosed with cancer began to have regular meetings and get-togethers, and this was kind of in a, an effort to to support each other. Mm. Uh, I suppose the group uh, recognised that, you know, uh, while cancer is, it's not always life-threatening, it's almost always life-changing, just as you mentioned there. So they also recognised how cancer can uh, can affect every aspect, you know, of a person's life and not just their physical health. Mm. So over the course of time, it became evident uh, uh, to this group that a real need existed for a cancer support centre in the Midlands area. So I suppose fast forward to 2020, RD and District Cancer Support held our first AGM, and a board and subcommittees were elected. Now to get to our main goal, uh, this is to open um, a cancer support centre in RD, which would um, provide services such as you know physical, social, health and welfare information, counselling services, and uh, a variety of holistic therapies. Mm. The centre would aim now to complement what we have already existing in terms of cancer support in RD, and just to mention especially uh, our fantastic local uh, hospice. So um, we would hope to work closely uh, with that organisation.
3: Okay, and what the aim? Of course, what you have to get together now is a, a block of money, is it, to, to acquire some place? Right. Or would you, you know, I'm sure there are people listening and there are lots listening in Mid RD today. Could somebody help
8: you along with a place? Yes? Well, that's um, essentially what we'd be looking for. Our aim is that probably early next year we'll start focusing on an actual an accommodation. Okay. Right now, our main aim is to continue actively fundraising. Mm uh, we've been doing that over the past 2 years and we've had a number of very successful events uh, just this year alone so um it would be uh, our ma- our goal would be to, to, to uh, provide a center town uh, in town center preferably
3: that would have
8: easy access uh, to patients and to their families and of course their caregivers you know so yes. um to that end, our focus at the moment is on fundraising to get enough money behind us that we can be confident in, in securing a premises and obviously in continuing to run a premises. Mm.
3: Oh, yeah, because that's a big ask, of course. It's one thing getting set up, but to keep it going on an ongoing basis. But I'll say today from our perspective here, this is fantastic to hear from Midlouth. And if there is anybody listening, how what's the easiest way to get in touch with you people that might be able to help you now?
8: Okay. Well, I suppose the main um, um, place at the moment is our Facebook page. So it's the RD and District Cancer Support Group. Okay. And that gives a lot of contact details. Um, Uh, Yes. We also have a WhatsApp support group. There's about um, between 40 and 50 members on that group at the moment. Yes and we have a pool of fantastic volunteers as well there's about 20 to 25 on that group so all in all we're looking at about 65 to 70 people involved at the moment very good so you know we have this great energy and commitment among the members and the volunteers and uh Ish. that's what we need right now to, to, to make a success of this you know
5: well look
3: I, I, I wish you all the very best with it and we have the contact numbers here if anybody's listening today likes to give us a shout at the station we'll pass on Rose or Mick's number uh, to mm-hmm. your indeed Paddy's number and you can talk to, to one of them Mike Denver Ray Martin yeah. your more hotel Carrick when is that
8: happening yes yes, thank you for mentioning that so that's our next big event and that uh, is happening on June the 23rd which is a Thursday Um, the doors are opening at 7 o'clock and the show begins at 8 o'clock sharp. Now, the tickets are on sale at the moment, €25 per ticket. Uh, We have plenty of ticket sellers out there and they're all listed on our Facebook page. Uh, Again, the RD and District Cancer Support Group. Lovely to
3: talk Um, to you today, Rose, and I wish you well and I'm sure we'll be hearing more about this in the weeks, months and years ahead.
8: Jerry, can I just say a huge thank you to you for taking the time to talk to me today and to give us an opportunity to say who we are and what we're about. Thank you so much.
3: Not at all. Only too delighted to help. Take care of yourself, Rose. Thank you now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, it's aha uh-huh on your late lunch this Wednesday afternoon, taking us to news, weather and sport after three the refurbished Patrick Kavanagh Centre at Inneskeen we're talking about it and I have another cracker from my musical this week we will rock you let's head to three with the Scandinavian Stars It's time for our soundtrack this afternoon on Late Lunch. And it's from a musical this week, as I told you, called We Will Rock You, All About Green. Originally choreographed by Arlene Phillips, the former Strictly judge, nominated for three Olivia Awards, the Oscars of the stage, winner of the Audience Award for most popular show. The Dominion Theatre, one of the biggest in London with 2,000 seats. Well, this show became the longest-running musical at the venue ever, In August 2005. And no doubt that's because of songs just like this. Radio Gaga Radio Goo Goo I remember when my children were small before I ever worked in radio popping them in the car going for a big spin we used to go on drives all round Loud and Mead and we'd have that song blasting in the car and the pair of them would be singing Radio Goo Goo, Radio Gaga Little did I ever know I'd be goo-gooing and gagaing on radio one day. Isn't it amazing the way the wheel turns? Love that particular song. I'll bring you another one from my soundtrack from the stage show, the musical We Will Rock You, tomorrow on Late Lunch. We spoke to Owen McGillicuddy a couple of weeks ago about the threat to the native irish honeybee well it's stepping up a gear because the protection of the native irish honeybee bill has its second reading in the Shannon tomorrow and uh, all honeybee lovers beekeepers are asked to assemble at leinster house tomorrow at half 11 uh, for 12 o'clock uh, just to highlight the plight of the native honeybee and bring it home to the politicians as this bill is being read. That's at Doll Éireann tomorrow from 11.30 if you care about the uh, plight of the native, native Irish honeybee. It is vital to humanity's existence on this island of ours and it is our native little black bee which we must protect and cherish. That's tomorrow a doll Aaron from 11.30. Everybody welcome. Final break of the afternoon and we're heading to the Patrick Cavanagh Visitor Centre because tomorrow there there's a huge amount of things happening. It's a big day and Art Agnew is going to tell us all about it. Big day at the Patrick Cavanagh Visitor Centre. Tomorrow, tell us more. Our good friend Art Agnew is on the line. Good to talk to you again, Art. Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm really, really good. I was just checking uh, checking you out a little bit, as I have to do when we uh, are going to talk on the show. This has been delayed, has it, to tomorrow because of obvious reasons?
2: Oh, yeah. Covid, uh, COVID has delayed it practically two years.
3: Yeah, yeah. That was the plan, twenty twenty, wasn't it, to get it going? Yeah, yes. So, what's happening at the centre tomorrow?
2: Well, it's um, happening a little bit over the village as well, because down at the river, Fane we have a, a jukebox,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, that's going to be uh, unveiled or opened or whatever you do to a jukebox at ten o'clock, right? And uh, it's um, there are at uh, ten. Different people reading cabinet poetry, oh. and you go down to the jukebox, and you turn a handle. You select the the one you want, if you, and then the, it, it plays for you. Lovely. So, and there's some marvelous cabinet uh, uh, poems being uh, recited.
3: There you go. Little did he know when he was penning the man, he was going about his business that he'd be a jukebox star one day in his hometown. <laughs> huh? Brilliant, brilliant. I love it. What else?
2: Well, that's, that's at, at, at 10 o'clock and we have the two government ministers who are both who would have uh, connections with County Monaghan because Catherine Martin of the Greens, cousin, was born in mm-hmm. Carrick Macross and Heather Humphreys is from, you know, the minister.
3: Oh, big so, God, that's a powerful, a powerful uh, aspect of government uh, in your bailiwick tomorrow. Great opportunities, I'm sure. I'm so proud, I'm sure, they are as well of, of what is happening. The centre itself, just explain to our listeners, because as you say, was to go in 2020, the upgrade. A complete overhaul
2: complete overhaul and uh, see the Inneskin Enterprise Development Group of Mm. which I am the chair Mm. we have a a, we had the lease on that whole building and for since 1994 and what has happened now is that the the County Council took a short lease of 26 years and with that they were prepared to to, um, do the total uh, overhaul and the refurbishment, and uh, Gaffney Cullivan, the architect in Cavan, that have done it. And they've done a marvellous job. Do you remember your Latin, mirabile visu? Mm. Wonderful to behold
3: Oh, brilliant You've a way with words, Mr Agnew You've always have and always will uh, Latin, English or many other languages well, I, I am sure If you
2: want to, you could say this It's intus
3: Ah, the Irish lingo as
2: well Well done to you, <laughs> Art
3: You're showing me up here for sure Anyway, the tomorrow Is it an open day for anyone to come along Even no. though you've all the dignitaries there Well, it's not
2: it's, right. The situation is this, that the hall, that the, the, the centre itself is, I think, it's limited to 60 people. Okay. And there have been invitations sent out to local people and to to other people. Now, right. that's been done by Darren McCreesh, who is the new manager of it, and he's a, a, a very witted and energetic man.
3: Lovely. So, it is by invitation only tomorrow. Can you attend the box though, and the village and do all oh, yes. that type of thing? There's no oh, problem yes. there, yes. You have
2: no problem down there. You can dodge about and do what you want. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. And it's just that it's a, it has come, as I said, late Mm. But it had to, it had to happen sometime. And as I said, to have the two government ministers coming, it's it's it, it's going to be grand. And can I tell you another thing? That there has been a new mural of Kavanagh which has been painted on the gable wall of what was used to be Rosalina O'Hanlon's in on the where Main Street meets O'Neill Street in Carrick Macross. and it it is. Absolutely, I'm no word. It is stupendous.
3: Ah, but that coming from you, it says an awful lot. So this all ties in. My God, you know his poetry is renowned the world over as well. And to celebrate his life with his centre and all that's going on is truly terrific. And it cements him and the tourism visitor aspect for Iniskin and the greater area you mentioned Carrick there forevermore. Art.
2: Oh, absolutely, and I'll tell you another thing that in 1960 at, at the winter of 1960, Kavanaugh wasn't well, and a family called O'Tooles, who were very interested in the arts and interested in being good people, they took him in for, six, for five months from the, 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 the end of 1960 to nearly up to summer in' sixty one. And that woman, she's O'Toole, in Boston, in America, she has done a memoir. It's a 15,000-page memoir, and she has included in it priceless photographs of Kavanaugh with children. And uh, uh, Brian Lynch, the Dublin... author and, and critic, has done uh, an, what's called an afterword on it and has edited it. And it is a wonderful book for anybody. It's Poet in the House. And, and this woman is over 90 years of age and we were dying to have her to come. But COVID has, unfortunately, restricted that. Mm. But otherwise, she's well fit to, to, to be about
3: what a lovely story that is. Yeah, what a lovely story. And a, another addition to all that surrounds this. Anyway, tomorrow is the day. Uh, drop down to Inneskeen. You'd be delighted. They'd be delighted to see you there in, in and around the village and just uh, wander about. The dignitaries are there and there's a cutting of the tape on the ribbon, I, I take it as well, Art?
2: Well, I don't know what's happening like that. But I do know that that it is the big day.
3: Great. The big day and it's been a long, long time coming. You're a fantastic champion in your role as chairman of the Innerskiing Development Group and done wonderful work and continue to down there with your colleagues as well. You're a credit to the community, I have to say, to be honest with you.
2: Can I say that this couldn't be done without a big team of people? I know that. And it's going back from to, to, to the to Patrick Cabinet Society back to the 1970s and the Inneskeen Enterprise to the middle of the 1990s. And it, it, you have to talk about somebody like Rosalind Carney, who has been the secretary of the Inneskeen Enterprise Development Group for all those years and she's been involved as the administrator of the Patrick Cavanaugh Poetry Awards as well. And we have a new chairman, a new uh, adjudicator of the Poetry Awards, and he's Noel Monaghan. And Noel Monahan is a man from Kavan.
3: Lovely. There you go. You see your ecumenical down there between Kavan and Monaghan as well. Anyway, Art, we leave it there today. Wish you all well tomorrow and congratulations to everybody who's contributed in any way to this special day.
2: Ah, uh, that's great, Gerry, uh, Jerry, and thanks for having me on, as to say,
3: you are welcome anytime. Take care, art talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful art cabinet there. And uh, the cabinet Centre and Inneskeen reopening officially tomorrow with the big wigs down there. Anyway, we have big wigs for you on late lunch from one thirty tomorrow because she's off to us and her Louise sent her messages this morning. Don't go. We'll have to play that song tomorrow for her. But she is going. Vicky Wall has signed on in Australia and she's heading out there. She's joining us on late lunch tomorrow. Uh, Nikki Kyle's going nowhere. She's in her garden and she's gardening organically and she's lots to tell you and talk about tomorrow and and Tuffy Gogarty. She's an undertaker and she's going to talk to us about what she does on the show and we'll have lots more, of course, besides. All we need is you. Coming next on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. Brilliant, brilliant show coming with Eddie Caffrey. Wonderful music and more besides. Have a lovely midweek Wednesday evening. I have to catch up with the club this evening, as you know, but I'll be back here with Louise tomorrow at half one. We'll see you Thursday.
2: Bye. The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk, and Cabin. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance, and 48 hour test drive. Visit I
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.